Please be seated. Some of you may remember a year or so ago when I mentioned my friend Robin Denny and her missionary work in Liberia. I told a story about her work there. I want to share another story from Robin with you this morning. And this time, though, it's from El Salvador. Robin has come back from Liberia, and she was recently visiting her sister, who is an Episcopal missionary in El Salvador. I've never been to El Mozote, the town that she talks about, so I'm going to let you hear this in Robin's words, and I've edited out the most intense details. She writes, We visited El Mozote, the site of what is considered the worst massacre in modern Latin America. More than 1,000 unarmed men, women, and children were rounded up on December 11, 1981. They were separated and tortured, and then all of them were murdered. Much of the world, including the United States, believed the massacre to be propaganda, and they refused to investigate. It wasn't until 1990, ten years later, when human rights groups began a project to exhume the mass graves, that the truth of this massacre was finally recognized. We arrived in El Mozote expecting to find a ghost town, but El Mozote is alive again. The family members of the dead who had fled to Honduras before the massacre had returned to rebuild. Bomb craters still litter the fields, and there are still houses that are in ruins. But there are also new houses and fresh coats of paint. There's a monument to the dead which has the names of those whose bodies were positively identified. The church where they killed the children had been burnt down. But the people of El Mozote have since built a new church. I have never seen such a church. On one side, there's a mural of the history and culture of the town. On the other side of the church is dedicated to the children. It has an incredible mosaic with children dancing and playing. Along the bottom of the church are the names and ages of all of the children who died. And around, there is a garden with flowers of different colors, roses, and benches and paths all beautifully, lovingly tended. The beauty of El Mazote is in those who live and what they have chosen to do with their grief. They have poured out love over these gaping wounds, wounds where loved ones were violently ripped away from them. They have poured love over broken, burned, and blood-stained ruins. And over mass graves, they have planted gardens of love. The violence, the pain, the loss, the evil of it all cannot be washed away. But somehow love has conquered it. In our gospel today, we're introduced to a woman who has been suffering for years, well over a decade, with some sort of bleeding disease, probably something like a menstrual hemorrhage. In addition to the physical maladies that stem from such a condition, weakness, anemia. In addition to those, she's also saddled with a social and ritual stigma that rendered her pariah. She was, like so many of our most compelling biblical characters, an outcast. And, like so many of our most compelling biblical characters, she possesses a courage that far surpasses her brief few-line mention in our scriptures. Faith, yes, of course faith, 
Faith, just as Jesus pointed out, faith that leads to the reality of her healing, faith. But she had as much faith, courage, courage to act upon her faith. It was courage that sustained her through the painful walk through that crowd that surrounded him. It was courage that steadied her hand as she reached out to touch the fringe of his cloak. The courage for this unnamed woman was not only the courage to put herself directly in harm's way or the courage to touch someone that she was legally forbidden to touch, but even more, she had the courage to put her faith to the test. She believed in this rogue teacher, this miracle worker, this rabble-rouser. She believed that he was who he said he was, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And she had the courage to put her actions where her faith resided. She risked being proved wrong. She risked not only jail, but a stoning or worse. She risked learning that that in which she believed was simply not true, that he was just a teacher, or just a troublemaker, or just a fake. But her courage sustained her even though, even through, the possibility that her faith might be crumbled. It takes a lot of faith to be a Christian, a lot. We have, after all, a myriad of mysteries. We have the Trinity and the virgin birth and the resurrection and eternal life and unconditional love. All these things that we are supposed to believe in, they do not, any of them, make logical sense. But through faith we accept them as part of a larger reality that sustains us through the other things that don't make sense either. Famines, hurricanes, a country church full of dead children burning to the ground. In addition to that faith, though, we need courage to take our faith into this world that doesn't make any sense. The people of the rebuilt town of El Mozote have courage in spades. Like the, women, the woman of our gospel whose courage was an ultimate test of her faith, the people of El Mozote came back to a town full of ghosts and bones and ruins. It was a place once of homes and family and love, but it had become a place of blood and death. They came back to a place where evil had won. And with unsurpassed courage, made it a place where the gospel will be preached again and again, a place of witness. El Mozote will never again be a place associated with joy. But it will, by God and by grace, be a place associated with love and with triumph and with courage. For what do you need courage? Where are you scared of acting on your faith? Where is it that you cannot go? What is it that you cannot do because of ghosts or stigma? In order to live a life of, as Jeffrey puts it, ultimate integrity, or, as I put it, a life, live, a life of faith lived out loud, we must have, in addition to a deep and abiding faith, a God-supported courage that can drive us well beyond what we believe possible 
by human rules. With faith, we can indeed move mountains, but only if we have the courage to start pushing. In our post-communion prayer at every Eucharist, we pray to God, grant us the strength and courage to love and serve the Lord. With that courage granted, we, like the bleeding woman pushing her way through the crowd to Jesus, like the people of El Mozote, we dispel evil and we replace it with hope. Amen.